Rockin' with the hottest underground hip-hop and R&B show on this side of the net. This is Non-Stop Radio. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to tonight's presentation as the Non-Stop Radio show welcomes you and presents the In The Spotlight segment. I'm your host, Emilio Wegbar. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Nonstop Radio 212 on my personal Twitter page at the Emilio Wegbar to stay up to date with the latest news and highlights from your favorite hip hop shows, favorite hip hop show. You can also check out past and present episodes available now on SoundCloud.com forward slash nonstop dash radio dash show. Here tonight for our first guest on this brand new platform that we have for y'all. I am proud to call this young lady right here a good friend of mine. We were colleagues on NGI Radio for a short period of time, but definitely had some memorable moments. And here tonight, I introduce to you entrepreneur, radio personality, and mother, Miss Mecca Campbell. So please, let's put our hands together for Mecca. Mecca, how you doing out there? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a long time coming. I know, right? We've been talking about this for like a good year now, right? We have, but the timing is perfect. There's <laughs> a lot, it's a lot to talk about right now. And I want to thank you that even though we have shelved this for a while, that you have consistently stayed in contact with me. And I think that's awesome. Oh, no, and I appreciate no, no. it a lot. You're a good friend of mine. So, you know, I'm definitely, you know, even though we don't live in the same city and even though we have different completely different schedules <laughs> that doesn't mean i'm not you know that i'm not going to keep in touch with you or i'm going to lose touch with you so you know i'm definitely happy to hear your voice and happy to have you here on my platform so i definitely thank you truly thank you yeah. from the bottom of my heart you know what i mean hey i truly thank you for having me from the bottom of my heart because i am a fan of this show oh. and i really <laughs> i really did like down through the years you know we talked before i had an opportunity to hear you um you know interview people and so you, you were just such an amazing person i really was like i was feeling like that was just all for me whenever i talked to you one-on-one and then when i heard you interview and interact with other people i was like oh wow this is dope because he just allows everybody he makes everybody feel this way so from the first time i heard you interview anybody i always with loving envy wanted to be a part of this platform and be interviewed by you so i feel so happy right now i'm so excited my birthday gifts keep rolling in and uh this you know is really really right on the shelf with the best of them so thank you (laughs) i appreciate that i really do thank you and from myself to the non-stop radio show and everybody out there that's tuned in and listening right now happy birthday yeah thank you so much i had an awesome time i'm still enjoying myself Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful because with everything going on in the world, like the people at the party were laughing at me. Mm-hmm. But I said to myself, you know, in, in spite of the fact that none of us are perfect, you know, we live our lives according to our hearts. And I think the more honest you are, the quicker you will grow mm-hmm. because you put a lot of effort into hiding things. And if you go to the doctor and to the doctor and not making an excuse for the lifestyle that I live, but if you go to the doctor and tell the doctor that your back hurts, Mm-hmm. When it's really your leg that's hurting, you haven't come any closer to your solution. Right. So the things that I do and say, you know, within my life, um, those are me just being honest with myself because throughout my years and just being transparent and being honest, mm-hmm. I've gained a lot of awesome friends that I've had for life. And I've grown a lot in the process where there were a lot of opportunities in my life to fall back. 
I was also able to propel forward because even though a lot of times it was just out of craziness and my desire to have the attention of everybody in the room, I still kind of, you know, anything you practice, you're going to perfect. So I kind of fell in love with this confidence of being able to be open and free. And with that being said, you know, it has helped me and grown me so much. So I'm grateful for every detail. I was telling them, I said, you know, I don't care what they're saying on TV. I truly believe in God. I believe that he is real. And not just if it's something I read or something that I heard someone else say because of what I have experienced in my own life and what I feel. So with that being said, if I truly believe that he is who he says he is and he is able to do everything that he says that he is able to do, which is up until this point, everything I have needed, he has done, deserving and undeserving of me. Mm-hmm. I will not disrespect one moment of my life sulking and acting like it's the end because I believe when he wants it to be over, it's going to be over and there'll be nothing I'm going to be able to do about it. Oh, that's but, if I, yeah, but if I'm truly doing my very best to be a positive asset to this world then I should just be turning up every day so I was dancing and they were like girl you dancing my brother told me I don't know if it's just you know what do they call that peripheral memory my brother said I fell on the floor he <laughs> said I was dropping it. <laughs> come on my Mecca, said, <laughs> come on Mecca, you, come on you for real <laughs> I don't remember my brother said sister you fell on the floor I said what did I do after I fell on the floor? He said, oh, you got man. right back up and started dancing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know it's, it's funny that you say that because it's like I've come to realize that sometimes some of the best memories are the ones that you don't remember. <laughs> yes, yes. My brother said, we. I jumped up and started dancing and said, this might be the last one, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> But Lord in heaven knows, you know, God has given me lots of beautiful vision. Yeah. I'm grateful that I have gotten to the point to where I'm mature enough in my faith that to receive what it is is being shown to me. So I was thinking to myself, um, I spoke earlier on my show, I said, you know, there's a pastor in Dallas and when he does um, christenings for babies, mm-hmm. he always says that doing christenings is one of his favorite things to do. Right. You know, and, and he said the reason why it's one of his most favorite things to do is because when he sees that a baby has been born, it's evidence that God hasn't given up on this world because right. he's still allowing life to come into it. And I said to myself, I said, well, I know that God is in complete control, but mm-hmm. there are people that are like powers that be around here that are also giving us evidence of the same thing. So I have an expectation of a bright future. You know, we were reading about Dak Prescott and all the awesome opportunities, Patrick Mahomes, just the NFL and NBA still thriving yeah. to me are evidence that somebody got plans on being here. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so. Never mind what they're trying to pass off as this new normal and all that stuff like that. Like, I really do feel as though, like, you know, they're – better days in store for us maybe i don't know maybe just me just naturally being optimistic you know what i'm saying because i never like to feel like nothing is over or nothing is possible unless i'm actually shown that it's not possible so like at the end of the day like i know a lot of people are you know gripped and rightfully so gripped in fear and tackling this whole struggle of dealing with this pandemic and this what they try to pass off as the new normal and everything like that but me i kind of feel like there are better times ahead you know i really do and i just i mean i hope that everybody will take an opportunity to develop a new normal for yourself and just be the own ceo of your own life 
Because people that are taking care of their business properly, you know, businesses that did their things properly, we're able to see the people that weren't doing good business. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have been able to ride off of something that they really, speaking at Dallas Cowboys, I'm hoping and praying that organization, you know what I'm saying? I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see. uh, I can't even remember his name and I love him, but our new uh, coach, that we got from Mike McCarthy from the uh, Green Bay Packers. That is the way when we get a fluffy coach like that in Texas, he know what to do with these Texas boys and his Texas climate. And I'm excited for him. Before before we say anything else about the Dallas Cowboys, I want everybody out there to know that yes, (laughs) Mike McCarthy was supposed to be the coach of the Jets. Y'all can say which I want to say he was supposed to be the coach of the Jets. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, it's all good, man. (laughs) Well, we're gonna get an opportunity to see what he is able to to do because what I appreciate, which would have been the reason why Rex Ryan and and Jimmy Johnson did not last in Dallas, because real men are not gonna be told what to do. Right. You know, it's a different climate of people out there, like uh, people that make decisions. A lot of times people be really hard on the decisions that people make, you know, but that just a lot of times means that that person don't have the courage that you have to stand for what they believe is right. right. And with that being said, you know, you should have two attitudes towards that. One, a great attitude of gratitude that you are not weak like that. Mm-hmm. And second of all, a heart of compassion to pray that they come out of that. Right. Because you know that they can't make it very far with that. You know, you see the same giants that people see come back and eat them up. Right. And then they sit there looking for everybody's sympathy. So I'm hoping that this organization come together. But they are, you know, kind of reaping what they sowed. Yeah. And I'm hoping at this point, you know, since we do have the highest paid owner in the league, um, even though we ain't won nothing in years, <laughs> he has learned how to market and make money. Because he's topping the Forbes list every year. However, he is a businessman, and my prayer for him is that he would allow the people who are interested in football to run the organization so that the Dallas Cowboys can continue to be America's team because we've had a lot of good talent come through here, and they just did not do what I know I feel like a Tom Landry or a Jimmy Johnson could have done with them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the team is only going to be as good as its top leader. You know, everything trickles down from the management. So true. I know everybody got their own individual job, but a lot of times we see this in our jobs that we work at on every day. Oh, everything you know for real. Let me like, tell you, you I definitely every... see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you think that people are back there having a meeting trying to make things better for you? No, they're uh-huh. making it better for them. But self-preservation is the first law of nature. So quit waiting for them to make a decision for you and make a plan for yourself. Absolutely. Decide what you want. Dig around that for a year. If it's not producing what it is that you're looking for, then you know that guy's vacation. You're supposed to move on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? We be mad at people for how they're treating us, and really, that was us, the guy that showed us. You got to get away from here. I'm not gonna let them yeah. treat you right because it's somewhere else you're supposed to be. They are um, not even worthy uh, of uh, your service. One thing I stand by, <laughs> and one thing I've always believed is people will only treat you the the way you allow them to treat you. Like if you show them that it's okay to disrespect you, then they're gonna continue to disrespect you. If they see that you can't get over on you, then they're gonna know like, all right, well, I gotta change my approach because this person right here, I may be able to do this to any other Tom, Dick, or Harry, but I can't do that to this particular person right here. So I'm always been one of those ones that believe that people treat you the way you allow them to treat you. 
You understand? You're absolutely, yeah, you're absolutely right. And we see that too all growing up. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like we see there are certain people that people will say something to. Like you have kids, even when we were in school, they going to straight up act out in this particular person's class. But they finna go to Miss So-and-So's class. And they finna get it in order because they know she don't play that. Absolutely. So, I'm pretty sure I was back in them times when, you know, teachers were allowed to whip the, uh, the students' ass back in them times. Man, these teachers that I went to, me and my sister were talking about that the other day. Mm-hmm. These teachers didn't give a damn. These teachers I went to, they went to church with your mama, your granny, and all, and still in this hood. Like, my neighborhood, I'm, I'm so grateful that I'm able to live in the neighborhood I grew up in. Right. Even though it's like a lot of gentrification going on, and I was really blessed to find something that I could afford. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a, such a close-knit society. And I, I was telling my sister the other day, I said, you know, the African proverb says, you know, it takes a village. And a lot of people are so quick to quote that, that it takes a village. But they don't necessarily talk about what they're calling the village to be doing. Right. They're, they're not, when they say, a lot of people got away from that because it was misinterpreted. Because a lot of people took, oh, it, took a, it takes a village, meaning you're supposed to whoop my child. Nah. But that's not what it means. What it means is it means everybody in the village to be on one accord exactly. of doing the right thing. And if everybody's on the one accord of doing the right thing, then it will be abnormal and stick out like a sore thumb when people are doing the right thing, Absolutely. which will encourage more people to do the right thing. You know, that's one thing you I know? miss about the way, you know, our upbringing was because, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, me and you, we both from, you know, pretty much the same generation of people and everything like that so we we've been alive long enough to remember the time when we in our communities live by that approach that it takes a village and everything like that and it's like as time progressed like we've turned away from that man and it's like yo it's like back in them days like you know everybody knew each other you know the kids you know the parents they went around because they was at work or whatever the case may be the neighbors will watch over the kids or whatever not like you know bring them into your house all the time but you know at least they have eye on this particular you know kid or whatever and just making sure that they okay while their parents is going and if you did something wrong in the community your parents will find out and more than likely you want to get chastised and disciplined by the person that caught you because everybody had that connection it's like now as a society and as a community we just in an about face away from that way of living you know right and it's crazy because a big part of the reason why we made it a big an about face is because as interesting as it is you have more and more people talk about the jim crow laws and what jim the jim crow laws did to our race of people in america people don't it talk enough about how too many of us are still allowing with the wisdom and information of what was the attempt. Mm-hmm. You're just still doing it willingly. Right. Like you're still trying to compete with your brother willingly. That's the reason why the neighbor can't help you. My grandmother, I don't even think the back door on my grandmother's house locked. You hear me? So yeah. so many that's how all of us. Nobody had a key to my grandmother's house but her. All the kids, the grandkids, whoever stopped by there, everybody always knew her back door was open. All you had to do was walk through the back door. Right. Let me tell you the reason why she didn't need no lock. Because we had Mr. Emerson on the alley, on the back side, and we had Miss Brown on the right side. Yeah. They gonna tell everything. They didn't give a damn if you got mad. They gonna tell it on you. And why you still crying from getting your ass whooped after they told it on you, they gonna call you over there to get some tea cakes. 
if they just say <laughs> they don't love on you know what I'm saying but yeah. who knows what that saves us from so at the end of the day but now people are so busy not even being genuine because people don't understand that like Facebook Instagram all that shit oh, yeah. that's the that's the new Jim Crow that's the new Jim Crow that that because that makes you compete against another person yeah. and while you're so busy trying to outdo your neighbor you can't be real with your neighbor therefore calling on your neighbor to join with you to make your community better because you're yeah. too busy just thinking that you're trying to be better than them that is true you know and it's like it's sad because there was a time when we all tried to build each other up instead of you know trying to compete against one another you know and i'm I guess, I don't know, I can't really say that, you know, social media per se is the main culprit because a lot of this stuff was going on even before social media came to form to being what it is right now. So, you know, you had a lot of like, you know, programming, I should say, through music, through various TV programs and just, you know, just various narratives and agendas that, you know, was designed to put the people against each other You know what I'm saying So like It's You know I still look back Cause I'm still one of those type of people Like I would rather Teach you how to fish Than to show you, you know, to, Than to give you a fish You know what I'm saying Cause at least If I teach you how to fish You're gonna you know Be able to eat for a lifetime But if I give you a fish You're only gonna eat For that one day You know what I'm saying But yeah. It's like we've gotten so far away From that whole approach To just being a community It's just It's It's depressing that time yeah, and you know, sometimes, you know, you have to be just be willing to do whatever it is. You know, I live my life um, just really, really by the motto that God is not going to ask me for anything that he didn't put in my hand. Right. So if I don't have time to teach somebody how to fish, maybe some today is just my day to buy the fish plate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And keep it pushing. That's a good point. So we, we, yeah, so at the end of the day, you know, we give what it is that we're able to give. And if everybody finds themselves being submissive to that, then we won't, nobody won't have to stop and, you know, feel like that, oh, well, I can't do this and maybe I'm enabling you. Like, if you spend the proper amount of time in the presence of the right people, my grandmother used to tell me, you don't need to be hanging around them because they're a bad influence. And I remember I used to tell her, Mama, don't nobody make me do nothing. I do whatever it is that I want to do. But it was an, I was an adult and she wasn't even here anymore when I realized that. If I was around people and they was talking about spiritual stuff, mm -hmm. I was talking about spiritual stuff. If I was around people and they was doing a bunch of cussing, hey, by the time I got to the information, I felt like I needed to prove subconsciously that I was just as good as a cusser as them. <laughs> I don't know if I call myself trying to make them feel comfortable by thinking, you know, it's all kind of little deceptive tricks. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why I say you got to determine what it is your plan is. Right. Now, there are always going to be traps that are going to be set that are going to be there for you because those things are meant to keep you humble it wasn't ever meant there's nothing that is outside of the presence of God that wants the very best for you that has more power than that mm -hmm. so anything that you allow to have more power and influence over you except for those things that are for your very good and for the good of the people that are around you you unfortunately have allowed and a lot of people don't want to admit that because they say, well, I wouldn't cause pain to myself. But sometimes you have caused pain to yourself because you have chose to stand in the same place for too long. Right. And you're supposed to be moving forward, but you choose to stay right where you are because that place is safe. Right. See, once you determine and you realize and you respect the fact that you are not in control, 
then you won't be afraid to take that leap. Mm. And it won't be anybody that can make you feel like that you can't make it. If you die, if you die doing something good, the Bible clearly states it is better if you're going to suffer that you suffer for good than for evil. Right. You know, a lot of people want to compare themselves to Beyonce, but you have to understand that God is all seeing, all knowing, all power. He's all wisdom. So even if Beyonce is doing some shit she ain't got no business doing, God understands in his infinite wisdom the temptation that comes along with a billion dollars. Yeah. A billion dollars is not something where money rules the world. A billion dollar opportunity don't come to everybody. That's true. So Beyonce is going to be able to have another level of grace and understanding explaining why she may have compromised herself for a billion dollars mm. then a lot of these people are going to have trying to explain why they stole they stole for free mm. and let me ask you because i know it's been a big thing right now you know what i'm saying i don't want to say thing i just use mm-hmm. that term for you know lack of better but you know recently beyonce just recently released her brand new you know uh visual album called black is king you know and there's been a lot of controversy surrounding that particular visual that she put out now, my, me, myself, I can't speak intelligently on it because I have not yet viewed it. I have not gotten the chance to really sit down and watch what all the fuss is about. But I don't know if you may have watched it or not yourself, but how do you feel about it? i tell you this. I talked, I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 it was put on at my house. So two things happened. Um, a good friend of mine, shout out to DJ Rizzo Gate. Mm-hmm. He went to a family gathering and things like these come you know what i'm saying um as a part of family gatherings of course you know so he went to a gathering he said he saw it and it kind of gave him an uncomfortable feeling he told me that possibly if he had been watching it by himself he probably wouldn't have continued watching it because it just was like all over the place Mm. um so i did have an opportunity the next day after my birthday my brother and his wife came over and they were we were trying to find something to watch on tv or doing a little fish fry or whatever just the us just three or four of us Mm. so anyway they put it on and I started to watch it and I have to be honest with you when I seen it the few minutes of it that I seen and I did not have a desire to go back to it um made me think about something that I heard James Brown say in an interview you you know an old interview I don't even know if I was alive when he did it but um it was around the time when James Brown and I mean when Prince and Michael Jackson began to be very popular and they both when people were asking them who their influences were they were saying their influence was James Brown Mm -hmm. and so they interviewed James Brown and said hey well James Brown you know you do a family show how do you feel about Michael Jackson who claims that you're his influence you know grabbing his growing how do you feel about Prince you know, uh, performing in his underwear in a trench coat mm-hmm. and high heels and saying that you were his inspiration and then some of the lyrics to his song. And I appreciate it. My mind always goes back to this when James Brown's answer. James Brown said, <clears throat> I don't appreciate the things that they do, but I also don't fault them for it. Mm-hmm. He said, very many people have done what James Brown has done. He said, nobody owns James Brown. I answer to no one. I own my own stuff. I own radio stations. I own everything. So I can do what I want to do. Nobody don't tell James Brown to go do this. He said, but these new artists have come up under a different contract. Mm. And they have to conduct themselves in a way 
that whoever, like I said, when I talked about those companies earlier, they're in those private meetings and they're like right now on Capitol Hill, they're saying, oh, we're still negotiating, we're still negotiating. I mean, how did you come up with what you were going to give the first time? Like, why is this got to be something that you're taking into every day? Because they're not waiting for what's going on with us. What's going on with us has not changed. What has changed is how much money these companies were able to bring in over this quarter of time when we weren't able to shop. Right. So when they see how much money they made or didn't make for all of the people, these lobbyists and all these people that make contributions to these politicians, when they get what they're looking for and determine a way for them to meet what it is that they were trying to do with this in the first place, then they'll make the decision on what is best for us. Right. They're going to do what's best for them first. So when you think about Beyonce and people that have made it to her level, a lot of times you can say, okay, that was some bullshit, but my heart is compassion, especially because I aspire to be a superstar one day myself. Mm -hmm. So I try to implement a level of compassion because my granny always say, you know, you better sow some love into the universe because if you ever make it to be anything, you damn sure going to need it. So while you on your way, you better sow as many love seeds as you can. And I don't say that to say I'm being dishonest about it. I'm only saying this should be a lesson to us all, wherever we are, because I don't necessarily always look at what people do. God did something amazing with creation when he gave us a set of eyes that we have very little control over. And I look into her eyes and I don't see, you know what I'm saying? Peace. I don't see peace and serenity I see someone who is performing at all times and she has this level and she has to perform in order to maintain that level and for people that may be criticizing her I think that they just need to understand that she don't have as much control over what she does as we think Mm -hmm. at this level we can pray for her you know what I'm saying And, and love on her in a way that doesn't necessarily give her support but doesn't necessarily send her bad energy either. Because a lot of times people be so busy putting their bad energy out there that they don't realize that while you're criticizing this celebrity, that level of rejection and hate and negativity is what pushed them into being that that you say you don't like. Because everybody's going to try to breathe. You know what I'm saying? If right. I if I come right now where you are and I put a pillow over your head and I'm able to push, which I'm probably certain that I can't <laughs> with your butt, just say hypothetically, okay? Right, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling my legs across the room, but hypothetically, if I could hold you down, your human instinct, whether even if you was on your deathbed, people that's on their deathbed. A roach that don't even know why he's here Gonna fight for his life yeah. You understand what I'm saying So with that being said The human instinct is gonna kick in of survival We gotta make sure that we don't push people To the vultures mm-hmm. We don't. If we say we really love them And we really care enough about what it is that they're doing I don't follow Beyonce I'm from Texas I always saluted her as being a girl from Texas And doing what it is I feel like she wants to do with her life but in the same token, I feel like a lot of stuff she does, she does it because she's trying to maintain an image and she feels like she has to do things on a certain level. But she also did her part in creating that world that she's in. Yeah. So I just feel like that you ain't got to support her. You ain't got to buy the tape. But if you really care about her, you know what I'm saying? Think some good thoughts about her and allow her life and what we see her having to go through. The shit that we don't even understand. You know what I'm saying? Be a lesson to us on how deep to go or not go because she has everything that we ever could think we want but I think that true happiness and peace 
Lord forgive me if I'm wrong But I just don't see that on her Well you know They always say money never buys happiness Or money can't buy happiness You know <laughs> so like, right? like There's some of the richest people in the world That's some of the most miserable people And they can tell you that Yeah they got such and such an X amount of money And they're happy And this that and the third But at the same time We all know that fable That money Does not buy happiness So I believe it You know what I'm saying I believe yeah. that That you know Theory That you have About her And everything like that and I don't mean to call it a theory But just like no, I said for, like a, for lack of better terms You know what I'm saying So you know Yeah No I know what you're saying yeah. And you know It's interesting Because I've had an opportunity To work for a lot of Very wealthy people mm-hmm. And you hear people say that That money can't buy happiness And like I'm always happy When I got money mm-hmm. Or when I know Some money is coming So I do feel better However, we, a lot of times, you know, just like I say about drugs, I don't advocate for drugs, but at one point in time, all of my grandmother's children, with the exception of one, was on some type of drug. Right. And with me living with my grandmother, I had an opportunity to see a crack addict, a heroin addict, a pill addict, mm-hmm. or two crack addicts. You know what I'm saying? All these people, I can't see them up close and personal. Yeah. And one thing that I can say, thank God, none of them are on drugs today. This is like, you know, power of prayer. No rehab or nothing. My grandmother said her kids were coming off the street. She might not be alive to see it. And true enough, they are all living lives that if you looked at any of them, you wouldn't even know that they were on drugs. But my uncle, who was addicted to heroin, ended up doing 20 years for a murder charge. Wow. What I saw about my uncle, who was on heroin and often is criticized for the things that he did when he was on heroin, I see my uncle now. 20 years he's been in prison, five years he's been in the free world, mm-hmm. be the same person off drugs that he was on drugs. The only thing that he doesn't have in the mix now is the addiction. Right. But who he is, he was that same person. So a lot of times you hear about things, you hear about like drugs having a bad rap. You hear about money having a bad rap, but it's not necessarily the drugs. And I'm not advocating or saying that drugs are good. But if an idiot, stupid-ass person do drugs, that's not going to be the same as a, as a person that's a calm, cool, and collected person. You know right. what I'm saying? Drugs only enhance who you really are. Yeah, that's true. Depending on what drug you take. And so when you think about money, you know, I worked for a very, very wealthy lady um, until she left here. And I always spent every single day at the end of her life once I found out about all the things. Because we, re- we live and lived all of my childhood closest to the highest real estate in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So with us living, we, we actually had the best of both worlds, but the way that they took us to school on the school bus, we rode just through several mansions. Like I probably, on our school route to school from my grandmother's house to the high school I went to, you probably passed like 20 or 30 mansions on Inwood Road. So with that being said, I remember being a little girl and looking at all those mansions and thinking to myself, wow, you know, I, I can't, I, when I get older, I'm going to have me one of the mansions, I'm going to have one of the big house. Those people are so lucky, they just have everything. Only to get up older and have personal relationships with some people that actually live in some of those places. And when I heard about some of the horror stories of things that went on behind those walls, uh-huh. And then seeing how people conducted themselves in their regular life as a result of it. Because this woman that I took care of who lived to be 83 years old, she didn't necessarily um, 
she wasn't a negative person, but she chose to be, she chose to do a lot of wearying on credit. Like, she never had to work a day in her life. Just how much money her parents had. Could you imagine being on this earth 83 years and never having a job? But yet still being able to buy whatever you want, whenever you want it. In my upbringing, no, because I was working since I was 12 years old on the books. And even before that, I was doing chores and all that stuff around the house. So I can't imagine going through any three years of my life and never having a job because I was always taught to work for whatever I wanted so I can't imagine Exactly. you know every time she never married but every time she talked about getting married I mean uh, getting a job because she just didn't want to be not doing anything her family would like send her on these you know very expensive cruises like this woman had had been all over the world and she had artifacts and stories and you know all this kind of stuff she I was talking to her one day me and Miss Wayne was talking and I was talking to her it was when the um, Kansas City Chiefs that went to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and so you know we just making small talk in the car and I'm talking to her about how excited I was for Rex Ryan and how Patrick Mahomes from Texas and I just think he's going to be awesome and blah 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 this lady turned to me and started saying oh yeah that's H.L. Hunting he was our neighbor we went to <laughs> She know the owners personally. I'm talking about the coach and the quarterback. She's talking about knowing the owners personally. But you would think that somebody who had, you know what I'm saying, that type of life with anything that they wanted at their disposal would be happy. But she never truly found happiness because she spent her life, to me, from my perspective and what she told me, competing with her mother because of actions of her father. I'm not going to put all of it out there, but those of us who know have been in families and know the families have their secrets can put it together. She literally was in a competition with her mom because of her father and everybody was aware of what was going on so much to the point that her grand, her mother rearranged the furniture in her bedroom so that her father couldn't see in the window. That kind of reminds me of two when, movies that I've seen growing up. That reminds me of Flowers in the Attic, and it also reminds me of um, Coming to America. If you know, if you've mm-hmm. seen the movies, then you can understand, especially with that story you just told me, you can understand where I see the relations and the parallels between the two. Right. But you know what? <clears throat> she talked to me about that one instance um, that she had. And she allowed those things, even though I'm not trying to judge, but she allowed those things and different words that people had said to her throughout her life to just stunt her growth right there. Mm-hmm. Where I was actually sexually molested by three different family members as a child. Not all at the same time, but at three different times. My mother smoked crack for 16 years. My mom walked away from us when my sister was a baby. And it hurt my dad so bad that by the time my grandparents came to get us and separated us, he took us to different places because nobody could afford to have one of us, all three of us. Um, my dad, who said it was too painful for him to look at us, stayed out of my life, even though we have an amazing relationship now. But he stayed out of my life for several years. As a result, in me being a big sister, I had to kind of take the role of holding the parent, the family together and also dealing with some other things myself within my own household. But I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice of whether I'm going to live or I'm going to die. You know what I'm saying? And I had to understand that I heard somebody say I used to walk to this church um, that wasn't that far from my grandmother's house on the weekends. 
And there was this man, Dr. Ricky Rush, here in Dallas, who's doing a spring revival. And I allowed those words that he said to penetrate my soul more. It's very easy because losing is already easy because think about it. You don't have to do nothing to lose. A lot of people are coming to agreement with losing because they don't want to put the effort in. But if you make up your mind that you're going to win, it may take a little bit more effort, but nobody's going to come and do that for you. You got to make that choice for yourself. You got to say to yourself, I'm still here for a reason. And if God let me live through it and come out of it with my right mind, I got to understand that it just in one point in time, you know, it sounds far-fetched, but it did happen in this universe, in this lifetime, Mm -hmm. that there were certain times that there were certain kings that put decrees in the land that people had to hide their babies when they were having, they were killing babies. So at the end of the day, you know, we're still here every single day. And although we might want to take the credit for us staying alive, there are forces out there that want to kill us, especially those of us that's trying to make sense of the world. You're not keeping yourself alive. You know, and I think when people realize that, we won't be feeling like that we got to stand there and be a victim and a prisoner to those things that came to take us out. But instead, step up on it and say, you know what, if you came for me, it must be something valuable about me. And I'm going to fight the rest of my life to see what that is. Right. That's deep. I mean, and when, yeah, and when you make up your mind to do that, you will have a different experience in life. Because trust me, those things that came to stunt your growth, that's what they wanted to do. But, you know, just like when you play a video game, my son was playing this game the other day and I can't figure out these games. But my, I'm sitting there and I can't even watch it because once he tell me what character he is, I'm mad. I don't want nothing to bash him. And this is a good old monster coming out here with a hammer. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Nicholas, run. He's like, my mom, all right. And then as soon as he gets hammered down, I can't watch it no more. You know what I'm saying? But what we have to realize is that although we give ourselves credit and we do have power, over our success to a certain extent but it would probably scare you to death that you would probably go up under your bed and never come out if you were able to actually see what God is able to see about the forces that are coming against you that he block every day just because he see you even a little bit of effort mm-hmm. and true. all people have you know what I'm saying yeah. so you you among people that's you you among them same monsters just like on their game trying to hit my thumb with a sledgehammer every single day in the spiritual realm yeah, you know what I'm true. saying even the system and the world that you live in is set up for you to fail there are things it, that are present in this yeah. world that are not visible to our eyes that pose a bigger threat to us than we ever imagined right so at the end of the day you know what I'm saying we gotta understand that hey no thief breaks into an empty house yeah. and to whom much is given much is required and I said to myself, you know what I'm saying? When all those things that I named to you happen to me, you know, even every time, and it's not going to be easy. You know, it's not going to be Every time that something happened to me, I always was thinking it was the worst thing that ever happened. Right. And then I got older and I got stronger and I got to the point where I could drive. And I ended up meeting this wonderful guy and I got pregnant by him. My grandmother said, Either you got to have an abortion, you got to get out. His mother called me on the phone and said listen you know I don't have much but what I have you're welcome to it so she allowed me to move into her house her little apartment over in Pleasant Grove in one of the hoodiest parts of Dallas Mm. that I had never been in I'm not trying to say I felt like I was better but it was complete culture change from the life I was used to living and it was interesting because I'm so glad 
that I made that choice at that point in my life because that was some of the strength that I developed and the courage I was talking about earlier when I decided to keep it pushing after the stuff that happened to me when I was much younger. Mm -hmm. So when my grandmother said I had to either get out or have an abortion, when I stepped up on faith and said, okay, even when I'm over here in this raggedy apartment, it's people getting shot and killed over here every day. It's crackheads out here, all kinds of stuff I ain't never seen outside my door where I lived. But I felt the whole time, I'm doing this for my baby. I'm doing this for my baby. And her father, my baby ended up dying. Um, I had her on, yeah, she, thank you, but I was really young and God see your life from the end of the beginning. And the things that happened in my life after that, God, I really knew. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, you know, what my grandmother was saying, it wasn't a good time for me to have a child. However, I don't have no blood on my hands. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's the thing that I'm talking about. And I only like to share that, not for anybody to sympathize with me, but a lot of times people are afraid to do the right thing because they're afraid of the consequences. And I know as a living witness that you receive good consequences when you make good decisions. That's and true. you try your very best to do the right thing. It might not look like it. It might look like people are going to be against you, but those same people that look like they're against you will be for you because you may have inspired and, 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 and ignited some courage in them because they that spirit of competition can work in your favor if somebody just gives somebody real something real to compete with. Right. So, you know, I ended up having the baby showing there for nine hours and 44 minutes. But after that, her dad, who was my boyfriend, was murdered in front of me two months later, right? So can you imagine? This is how God already knows what's going on. What if I would have aborted that baby? Do you know how his family would have been looking at me? He got killed two months later. All they would have been saying was, she had his baby and killed it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad that I I made that choice and I made that sacrifice to go out there. In the same token, as my life continued to progress and then my grandmother died and I was homeless and on the streets and all that kind of stuff, even though it was painful, it started to make more sense to me why I had had those experiences that I had. Right. And, you know, so, and every single time, so then when I thought that that was over, now I fall in love with this other guy and I'm thinking that we're about to get married and we're about to have a baby and I find out it's another girl that's pregnant as well. And not only did he not marry me, this girl had the baby on my birthday. And E, you're not going to even imagine what day they got married. You ain't just take a wild guess what day they got married. Tell me it wasn't on your birthday again. No. Okay. Worst. On Lil Wayne's birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So they. I'm like, you know, Wayne, when Cardi B did that song.
Not for me to condemn them or make them feel bad, but just to inspire them and even be willing to virtually hold their hand while they walk through the fire. Because I already know from what he done showed me that if he's with you, you can walk through the fire and not be burned. So I'm not afraid. You know what I'm saying? But there are other people that may be. So that's been one of the biggest challenges for me to make sure that I temper myself to where I can be useful to God. That way I don't waste all that stuff that I went through. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. By being too hard, you know, because you want to be approachable. You don't want people to feel like that you think you're better. But there is a lot of that comes with that. So when I think about everybody in the world, you know, I know you've listened to my show before and you heard it. That's where my level of compassion comes from. Mm-hmm. Just my own life and my own fight. Right. Never to be critical or negative towards anybody, but just being honest in an attitude of gratitude for God gracing me to be who I am. Right. See, now I was just about to ask you about that. Do you think, like, your experiences in life, does, does that compel you to do your show in the way that you do it? It really does. Because I like to feel good about it. You know, God did something very interesting. I don't know, probably somebody you've seen a little bit more in action would be Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. And Tom Brady and I were born on the same day. Okay. And I was watching the other day, yesterday, to be exact, where they were doing some replays on ESPN of the uh, back of, I mean, of the 2019 game. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, I was thinking to myself, I said, oh my God, you know, I had never been with a white man in my life. Uh-huh. You know, I don't have nothing against white people, but I've never been with a white man. But, you know, no disrespect to those significant others or whatever, but Tom Brady and uh, I don't know if his name is Jim or Jack or Joe, the heart, the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. <laughs> if Harbaugh. I was going to be with a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when the Baltimore Ravens, we're playing the uh, New England Patriots. I felt like I was cheating on somebody because I'm like, him and Tom Brady in the room at the same time. <laughs> However, <laughs> Tom Brady's attitude was like a mirror being put up in front of my face. When the Baltimore Ravens scored on them two times and it was just like stuff that Tom Brady seen his team just kind of, they didn't have to let that slide. You know what I'm saying? Right. Even though they eventually won the game and I'm pretty sure he kind of had a mindset or something that he was going to win because we always walk an expectation of winning. Right. It's a big challenge, you know what I'm saying, to accept the fact that you're not going to be able to control everything. you got to stay in your place and you got to be willing to allow yourself to be free to be used for what it is you've been called to do. Right. So I don't like looking at myself in the mirror after I've done something and I listen to it again and I don't like it. Because I feel like I cheated myself, I cheated God, I cheated the people. So with that being said, it's an inspiration to me because I feel people. You know what I'm saying? I feel that there are a lot of people I read a lot of stuff, especially with us being in this media world. I feel a a lot of stuff and I see it. And I see people doing stuff and even with these women and stuff, I see, um, I don't know how the hell I got tied up with this. But some kind of way on Instagram on my explore page uh-huh. I don't know if I pushed a picture one day or what I did but it's all of these women these pictures of women and they are like purposely sitting in a position where you can see there I don't know if you call it Kanye called the pussy print some people call it a camel toe I don't know but anyway it's when a woman's private party just hanging 
right. and you can see it through our clothes. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm telling you, I've seen so many of these, 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 and I'm thinking to myself, okay, either you don't have somebody in your life or you don't expect to have somebody in your life or something. Because what in, what on earth would make you put yourself out there like that? Like, and have... No, what I was going to say was To me, to be honest And this is just my honest opinion I'm not trashing nobody And I'm not talking shit about anybody I'm not saying anything about about anybody But I'm more so talking about The situation that is going on That I see a lot right now I -hmm. see that a lot of these young women out here Like, they are so comfortable with Exposing their bodies Because you've seen so many other women out here do the same on these various sites and stuff that they got out there now that you know they've done it and they became successful with it and they was able to make a decent living off of it so now you guys them that are inspiring to do the same thing it's almost like with hip hop like when rap was coming out and then you were seeing people getting signed to these lucrative deals and people getting all these you know out here actually getting money in the entertainment building I mean in the entertainment industry you know, everybody was inspiring to either be a rapper or be a basketball player, football player, whatever, because they wanted the fast way out. They didn't want to do anything that really entail using their mind to really get above the situation. They used whatever talents was available to them. Some was you could dunk a basketball, others you can, you know, run for 100 miles and whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? And you just got these females out here that they feel like maybe. That's their best option, you know what I mean? Because they don't want to really put the hard work in to do anything yeah. else. So they're inspired to be these Instagram models, these OnlyFans models and stuff like that because they see they can actually make a living off of it. Yeah, and I hope and pray, you know what I'm saying, while sometimes, you know, that's the easier way to bounce off of things that people are looking to monetize it. My fear is that it's a lot of people that's not really looking to monetize it, but them likes and views are their their satisfaction, which is a false high of what it is you could really achieve. That's like what you know, we're saying son, about money. Yeah, you know, my son, he's um, my son is so funny because he's six one to me. Okay, I mm-hmm. say he's six one. He said, "Mom," he told me the other day, "Mom, I'm not six one." <laughs> Mom, I'm like five nights. I'm out here. You say that all the time, and I never want to interrupt you. But I, I might be six feet. That's it, like five eleven or six feet. But I always say six one. And the reason why I say six one is because he wears the same pants size as his dad, and his dad is six one. So if he's not six one, he's gonna be. Fine. But anyway, I wanted because I'm so into sports. I wanted Nicholas to play basketball. Right. His dad was tall, his arms, and he walked on his tippy toes. And once I was in a store when he was a little boy, and there was a basketball coach that actually was a basketball coach in my alma mater, Carter High School, mm-hmm. who we saw in the store. Ooh, when he wait, Dallas Nicholas. Carter from the infamous Friday Dallas. Night Lights. Yeah, that was my was in high school I graduated from. Okay, that's what's up. And the me. movie Carter High. Yeah, that's what's up. Give a shout out to Dallas Carter. I like that yes. movie, uh, Friday Night Lights and everything. So that's what's up. Yeah, and and let me just say while we're speaking about that, since I know we're talking to the whole entire world, mm-hmm. Freddie James is an amazing man. Um, he was my health teacher. And also let me be the manager of the football team. Mm-hmm. I was the only girl <laughs> to be <laughs> all in the locker room. But Freddie, Freddie James, I said, hey, that's the pastor of the church across the street. Freddie James, Coach James, 
is an amazing man. After he retired from coaching football at Carter, um, he had he was a crossing guard, um, school crossing guard for my son's elementary school. Uh-huh. And sometimes I would go and park my car and stand outside and talk to Coach James in the morning and have coffee while he walked the kids across the street. Mm-hmm. They did not paint him properly in Friday Night Lights. You know what I'm saying? I know that a lot of things go on behind the scenes, but anybody that I've seen something be put out about them and I know them personally, I'm going to do my part to speak up for them in hopes that if the opportunity ever comes around, which I hope it don't, that somebody have to speak for me, that they would take that opportunity to just say the right thing. Nah, I because Coach that. James, yeah, Coach James is an awesome person. And like everybody, he was put up under a lot of pressure. People don't realize you thinking about, you know, this man being the head coach. And one thing they didn't show in a lot of those movies, they didn't show the, uh, what they did show the controversy that was going on on the side, you know what I'm saying, with Booby right. Johnson and all that. They, they did show the controversy behind the scenes, but they did not show the controversy of what was going on behind the scenes in Dallas. Right. And we all know, you know what I'm saying, football is a lucrative sport. Exactly. I mean, of course, you know, these schools, they like the, the school spirit and for everybody to be energized and be proud of their school, mm-hmm. but they also proud of them chicks that come with their championships. Yeah. So don't think it ain't a lot of people's jobs that's on the line because they need to win. Like that stuff they show us in those movies, people are dealing with what Denzel went through and all that kind of stuff. Right. That stuff is real. Yeah, I believe You know that. what I'm saying? I definitely so believe at the end of the, Yeah, so at the end of the day, that's the reason why I always stayed involved and allowed myself to be that safe, even right. with my kids being in school. Because a lot of times, people don't realize your presence can make a difference. Right. But if you leave people, you know what I'm saying, just to do what they want to do, they're gonna just do what is best for them. I mean, they because, did actually like, have a thirty for thirty on ESPN about Dallas Carter High School and during that infamous time where he went on that run and they won the championship and everything, the state title in Texas and everything. And yeah. you know, I got to see bits and parts of it, but it's like it, to me, like it kind of gave like the story that they wanted us to see. And I'm like, you never really know. The actual story Unless you was there You know what I'm saying So like I don't speak On experiences That I wasn't a part of You know Oh uh, yeah Well you know Carter High School Back then uh, For black people In Dallas Carter High School And the code That it's in Was the creme de la creme mm-hmm. um, That's where Coma Contrail lived uh, Charlie Barnes Charlie Pride um, So many different people Athletes Tony Dorsett, um, so many people lived in that zip code uh, where Carter High School is. Now, a lot of the more prominent black people have moved out to Cedar Hill, Lake Ridge, and DeSoto. Um, shout out to all the people from Texas that are here. They, they, from Dallas, Texas, they're familiar with those areas. That's where black people with money, that's where they live. You know what I'm saying? In those areas. But back then, Carter High School had a lot of prestige attached to it. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, there was a lot of money involved, you know, because of where it's at. And a lot of the alumni, you know, people wanted them, wanted, you know, we had people, Jesse Armstead and all the people, they were alumni. You know, Jesse Armstead was playing for the, I think he played for the Giants, right? Yeah, Jesse Armstead. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. He played, so we had a lot of things, a lot of standards and everything that they were trying to uphold. I will never forget this. And I, and no shade to them because it's kind of crazy. Kind of, it's kind of, um, I don't even know how to describe it because I don't want to sound like I'm being negative. I love my people in every detail of our hustle. 
Mm-hmm. I every time I go to New Orleans, I feel like I'm getting hustled, but I love it. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but um, it was a trip because Carter, um, it just you know it, it it was an organization that um, like I said, a lot of people with money were in this whole little area, and they literally left the football team. I was a calico. I was on a dance team. They literally left the football team to lift us on some green leaf type shit like some stuff people didn't even know what was going on so a big part of after you tried out and did your regular dance for the dance team they brought the entire varsity football team into the auditorium and had them sit in the auditorium and we had to dance in the aisle and we didn't know who picked who but if one of those football players said they did not want you on that team, you were not on that team. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> they had that much more like that? Oh, wow. <laughs> but that was how they were concerned about the prestige of this school. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about our people, that is the part that I miss. You know what I'm saying? The part that I feel like we're getting away from. Yeah. You know, people used to say it's not about what, what somebody calls you. It's about what you answer to. And you see too many people answering to the wrong shit. Like we we are the creme de la creme. We gotta stay in that leadership position. Even when you see people, you know, like I tell my daughters, you know, you can't go to the store any kind of way. I'm sorry. You know, my daughter went to North Texas, she was like, Mama has girls walking around here with look like it's got nothing up on but a big t shirt. Mm. Yeah. Other people for whatever reason and different body builds and shapes can get away with that. Right. You on the other hand cannot. And at the end of the day, even when you think back to those times when they like integrated the schools, when you see those videos, those people walking and getting spit on, getting stuff thrown on them, mm-hmm. they were pressed and ironed. They were clean, neat, pressed and ironed. We always held our head up high and walked through whatever we had to walk through with dignity and pride. And it wasn't that we were sharp dressers because we were trying to outdo anybody. We were sharp dressers because royalty is in our blood. Right. And when you're royalty, you don't know anything but to, you know what I'm saying, go after the very best. And I think people need to take note of that and temper their own mind and spirit wherever you are. If you start to get too far away from what you originated from, it's time to check yourself. And if everybody check themselves, you know what I'm saying, and get on a level, people won't have a choice but to respect that level. Like, I understand that people say that we're dealing with racism in this country right now. And I do believe there are some ignorant-ass people. God bless and rest the soul of Miss Wayne. But it was a trip because she didn't deal with Frisco and Plano in Dallas. Mm -hmm. She didn't go out there because she grew up in Highland Park. And even though the majority of the people out there are white, Miss Wayne said, honey, that's Nuvarish. I don't, we don't deal with new money. (laughs) <laughs> they don't know how to act. <laughs> they don't know how to do stuff. She didn't deal with them folks at all. So at the end of the day, what I know is, is that even in other races, which a lot of times you only have your own personal influence in your race, if you look up and see how much money just as African-Americans we spent in the United States of America last year, you will realize is that if we just get up under the proper leadership and learn how to direct our resources and our money that we work hard for in the right place, we really have the power that we say that we're fighting well, for. Well, see, that also is a mindset thing. You know what I'm saying? Because if your mindset in condition to do these kind of things, then mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? But you got, see, we 
as people, we have to condition our minds to put our resources to something that's going to build and grow into something better than what we have. You know what I'm saying? We want to get it, especially nowadays, like we don't want to grow any generational wealth. We don't want to have equity or anything like that. We want to just get money, look like we're millionaires and stuff like that. And then only have like maybe $2, you can't even buy a piece of chicken in the store. Like real talk. Like I seen a dude who, one time who was wearing at least a $5,000 outfit just, you know, for exaggeration, but he had at least a $2,000 outfit on or whatever, but he had on all this money. But at the same time, you go in the chicken store. You, I mean, the chicken spot. You can't even get. You can't even buy a piece of chicken. <laughs> Let alone can't you don't even, put, go ahead. What Otis say? You can't. I said, what did Otis say? Can't even afford to put. Boy, you about to be mad as hell. You yeah. can't even afford to put cheese on the walk. And I'm saying like this dude's walking in. Here, he got the Gucci belt on. He got a pair of True Religion jeans. He got on a pair of Jordans. He got on a polo shirt. You know what I mean? He, he's he's fly. You know what I'm saying? You got on jewelry the whole nine yards. You walk in there, yo, I only got a dollar. Can I get a piece of chicken? Can I get a Cinnabrite? I'm like, come on, bro. Like, how you walking around with all this yeah. on you, but you don't even have money to buy a piece of chicken or even get on the bus? Like, <laughs> it's crazy. And, and, don't leave out, and don't leave out the part you campaigning for a woman you can't afford. Exactly. You're campaigning for a woman you can't afford because you don't have no money, but you're looking like money. So you must be trying to send a false message to the office you sit. You know the, what I'm saying? Yeah, see, but that's the problem though. Like everybody, they live through perception. Everybody wants to perceive the fact that they got money, but at the end of the day, they ain't got shit. <laughs> exactly. Sad to say that. You know what I mean? I've that's learned that. over the time, like, you know, rich people, they don't. Floss or flaunt they riches You know what I'm saying Rich people will walk mm-hmm. around here Wearing sweatpants Or sweatshirt Whatever You know what I mean Maybe have on a nice watch Or something One or two cars A nice little two level house Or whatever the case may be Where you got people that Can't really afford it They living above their means And that's something My mom used to teach me Growing up Like don't try to drink Champagne with a bad budget You know what I'm saying You got a lot of people That live like that You know be willing to operate within your means exactly. and build on what you have because if you build on thin air then you have nothing so i just pulled up this report because a lot of times when i say this to people they freak out mm-hmm. um newswise articles uh that was printed this was printed in march march 21st 2020 and it says the multicultural economic report is published by the lead and it says while majority markets are certainly enjoying more buying the African-American buying power has seen an impressive gain mm-hmm. since 2018. Yeah. So from 2018 to 2019, African-Americans in the United States of America spent $3.9 trillion. Mm. Hold on, so who again. do we... From 2018 to 2019, uh-huh. African-Americans in the United States of America spent I'm not gonna say made, they don't say they made, they say they spent three point nine trillion dollars. Wow, let's drop a bomb on that so, one right there. That's crazy. <laughs> okay, so if we spent three point nine trillion dollars in a year, who mm-hmm. do we need except for a solid leader? To show us how to organize that and bring that back home. Because our communities don't look like they sparkling with 3.9 trillion. That's the truth. But some of the communities that we go to work in, they do. Yeah. See, that, 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 that leads me to two points. See, people fail to realize there is value 
in, a, in the black dollar stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's probably even more value in the black dollar now, in my opinion. I'm not going to speak, oh, yeah. like, I'm not speaking like anything like on facts because it's not something that I looked up. But I feel as though there's still more value in the black dollar than a lot of people. But the only thing is, we as black people, we continue to spend our money in other communities that don't appreciate the value of our dollar. Exactly. And we also have, and that's not omit or give any type of pass because I think a big part of the things that go on in politics and religion is that we give our political leaders and our religious leaders too much leeway but not giving us the information. Don't stand back and look at my people and tell me that you know the problem but only try to use it for selfish gain. If you know we don't really read and dig into things and we have a short ass attention span, then when you have us gathered together, instead of promoting yourself or trying to make us feel like the only way we're going to get ahead is by supporting you or giving you money, show us how to do what everybody else has done. Show us how to open up a payday loan place. Show us how to, you can't even buy nothing online right now today. You can't buy anything online without. So this is what they did. First, they encourage everybody to get direct deposit because right. now you don't even get no paycheck no more. You know what I'm saying? Maybe like two or three percent of people in the world actually get a paycheck. Most people, they either put it on a card or you're getting direct deposit. Right. Everything is electronic now. Okay, so you got everybody's got direct deposit for their jobs, right? Mm-hmm. So now what they did and when it created on top of that was, was that now anything that you buy online, nine times out of 10, no matter who the retailer is, whether it be Family Dollar or Neiman Marcus, they got in addition to you being able to pay with your own personal credit card, debit card, or credit card that you have with them. There's also another little box on the bottom now. And all these little new companies, Acclaim and Colara and all of them, that will charge you these high interest rates to take the payment of whatever it is you're trying to buy out of your bank account in four installments. Mm. But they're charging you like 80%, 80 cents on the dollar. But guess what? They know that if we figure out this like rent a center and all that kind of stuff, they know if people that are wrapped up in vanity and not about building, mm-hmm. they know they can capitalize and get rich. But I'm not trying, I'm trying to understand if we're going to be understanding that if we are the people that fund and make these people millionaires that have these payday loan places that will loan you $500 this week and they want $750. If I didn't have $500 last week, how I got $750 to give you in two weeks? Exactly. <laughs> now you want me to give you $750. You want me to get in the year you tell me I can come down here and give you $250 and you'll rewrite the loan. But exactly. guess what? In two weeks, I still owe you $750. But see, that's also another so, problem with our people, too. We need to be more financially literate when it comes to but that goes like back that. to But that goes back to our leadership. Mm-hmm. The people that we choose to support in 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 a religion and religion in a in a you know what I'm saying worship facilities and churches right. the people that we put on that pedestal because I don't care what nobody say before these pastors go buy two and three benefits they need to have a credit union yeah they need I'm, to have a credit union their members can be a member of yeah that's true you know I had I had an account at a credit union when I was 15 years old stacking groceries at the neighborhood grocery store they had a credit union for me. 
And people who remain a part of that credit union were able to grow and make that credit union stronger, to go get loans to help them get houses and cars and all that kind of stuff. So you know the majority of your people are financially illiterate instead of continuing to trust and believe. The same God you're trying to encourage me to trust, you should trust him to know that if you sow into me, he's not going to let you move. That's true. But see, I also have a problem with, you know, these big pastors, like a lot of these pastors of these mega churches, you know, they take money from the congregation. And I understand it, it costs money to run a church and everything to be able to keep the doors open and all that. But if you're doing that to keep the doors open, you're really trying to serve this purpose. Why am I seeing you driving around in a 2020 Cadillac and you have all this other like real estate and all this other stuff? You know what I'm saying? You're taking the people's money. And you putting it towards yourself That's why like a lot of times Like as I got older It was tough for me to want to go to church And want to give money Because it's like when I'm seeing What these pastors and stuff like that Are buying Instead of putting it back into To their congregation You know what I'm saying right. I'm like, It doesn't make sense to me You know When you think about it e, If you seen me and you knew You know what I'm saying If, if I was your sister And every time I Every other week I was calling you because I needed help with this. I need help with my life. I need, oh, brother, I'm going to get put out. Brother, we ain't got no food. But then every every year I'm pregnant, what are you going to say to me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Basically, you know, why are you continuing to have children if you can't take care of the ones you already got? Right. But see, that and that's the way that I look. And that's, yeah, that's the, way, that's the way I look at a lot of this clergy. Right. And you don't need money if, if you the money that you already have is not in a position to help your people get on one accord. Exactly. Why do you need a big building? But see, that's why a, would you continue to make a bigger building to bring people in here that you say you don't have the resources to help? Right. And but that also goes back to what I was saying earlier. You know, with that being said, that also goes back to what I was saying earlier. You teach a man to fish, they can eat for a lifetime. You teach, you just give a man to fish. Then you know what I'm saying they only eat for that day. That's why I still have that mindset because you know what we were just talking about now when it comes to proper leadership and showing people how to be financial liter- uh, literate. That kind of falls right in line with that same you know that same narrative for that same example. You teaching this person how to be financially literate. That's teaching that person how to fish. You know what I'm saying? But still, right. at the end of the day, you can't be one of those people that. We're constantly giving you, giving you, giving you, giving you, then you don't give nothing back. And that's what I have a lot of problems with a lot of these pastors nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Because they feel like they take from us, but they don't ever really give back or put it back into their congregation. You feel me? Yeah. And you know, but the thing about it is, I feel like that God is going to give you the level of wisdom that you need for no negative power. You know what I'm saying? He told us to be a good cheer because He already overcome the world. So simply put, and no disrespect, you know, it should come a point in time in your life where you know the difference between pee and rain. That's, but yeah. I, I, don't, I, 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 I really do not have the time, wisdom, or intelligence. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you're 35 years old, letting somebody pee on you and tell you that it's raining. So yeah. whether you were taught or not, at some point in time, it's going to have to kick in that you want more for yourself. That's true. But see... If you're 35 years old and you letting people pee on you, you just a nasty, <laughs> dirty, like disgusting motherfucker. Like, I'm sorry, like you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't push your bullshit and call a pancakes with me. Like, <laughs> that has to the people out there in the world. It's out right, but like I said, it's some people. 
that they will sit there knowing that somebody is doing them wrong. And the reason why you know they know somebody is doing them wrong is because they tell you about it. So my granny said, crazy people don't know they're crazy. That's what makes them crazy. It's because everybody else knows they're crazy and they don't. Mm -hmm. But if a person comes tell you they're crazy, they're not crazy. Because crazy people don't know they're crazy. They think they're sane. That's what makes them crazy. So if you know this shit is all messed up out here, you can either do one or two things. You know what I'm saying? This is free game. All of these people, I'm not knocking them pastors. I'm not knocking these people that have these signs in the middle of the road that say, we're going to pay pay us to help straighten out your credit. Yeah. When all you got to do is log on to the website and do it yourself. Exactly. I'm not mad at H&R Block for charging $300 to drop all the numbers that you bring them the paper. You mm-hmm. got the paper with all the info in it. You take it to them and they charge you $300 to keystroke it into an Excel program mm-hmm. that you can do for yourself. So either one or two things. You can keep running down there giving H&R Block your money to try to get some money faster than I do my own taxes every year. I go online, do my taxes, and it's in my bank account within seven days. The same less than I've had to wait for a paycheck, my income tax return comes. Right. But you can be lazy if you want to and run down there to H&R Block and give them $300. I'm not mad at H&R Block for not, you know what I'm saying, take, for taking that money. I'm right. mad at these parents that didn't tell their kids the right way. I'm mad at these pastors who know that the majority of the congregation have to work all day and night just to live and they choose to take the only time off to come and spend with you and you don't take this opportunity to give them some game. That's true. This is what people don't realize. You gotta know, like you said, shit from Shinola. Okay? Because at the end of the day, true believers in God know for a fact that Jesus himself when it had stories about Jesus preaching you didn't have Jesus preaching and running and hollering and doing this stuff with people doing Jesus went Jesus they ran in there and told Jesus 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 your mama's outside he said who is my mom they say blessed is the woman who had you he said blessed more is the one who hear the word of God and understand it I'm not worried about my mama y'all worried about mamas I know my mama's all right you need to be worried about what I'm giving you. You need to be worried about this truth I'm spitting. That's true. Because I'm giving you what you need to stay alive. So at the end of the day, like I do, I do this, and I'm sorry this might be a bad comparison because I had this lady tell me at the hotel, she know for a fact that it wasn't God that blessed me to win $900 in the casino when I needed a new water heater. And I told her, yes, it was. But we'll just let, we'll sort that out later. <laughs> I told her, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. How am I supposed to get it if I don't go to Okay. So anyway, I got that money that I needed. God woke me up. I sat straight up in the bed and drove down to Louisiana and won $900 in 45 minutes and came back to Dallas after boiling water, pouring it in the tub, carrying water. You ain't seen how hard it is to fill a tub with hot water until you try to boil hot water. Oh, trust. I've had it. Okay. That shit. is it'll blow your mind. <laughs> you keep taking you. <laughs> those pots and you like this shit. Yeah, ain't taking even it, it. Exactly. <laughs> like you taking it in there and then you dumping it in the top and you trying to heat up another pot and then you come back that water pot. cold already. Like I know, trust me, I know the struggle. <laughs> you don't put five pots of water in there and it still won't cover a water boat. Yeah. But I was tired of that. I was tired of getting up early, having to bathe my kids and sink with hot water because I gave up on the tub. And then, you know, you come up with creative ways. So I was stopping up the yeah. tent, putting it. But anyway, I'm saying all that to say, 
that I hopped up and I went and I said, Lord, I had like ninety dollars. And I went down in the casino and I won the money and honest to God, hey. I won the money and drove back to Dallas and was back in Dallas before my kids woke up to get them ready for school. I got them out to school, called a plumber, and we went and got the new water heater. Hey, that's a testimony but, in itself right there. Yeah, definitely. Yes, it is. And you know what? The thing about it is, is that when I go to the casino now, after God let me have that experience, when I go to the casino now, I know when it's my night. Because I know myself, and I know the way I take, and I know God knows the way I take. Just because I won at one time, don't mean I'm supposed to win all the time. Right. Because that's not where God want me to get hung up from getting my money. What He was saying to me was, I, well, that time I went down after that and lost just about the same amount that I won mm. because I was up on high on the house thinking I'm damn uh, Jeff Rothstein or whoever. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking yeah. I'm Frank Rosenthal. <laughs> <laughs> I won at 900 but anyway God let me know when I go to the casino either I'm going to start winning or I'm not right. and even though I won before I had to have the hard lesson and I had to accept the lesson that the time that I lost was because I was in there and I wasn't supposed to be right. I had moved around from machine, machine, machine and I'm only saying that to say that that's the same way we need to view our life I agree. There is no way in the world we should continue to put our time, energy, and days that we can never get back into something that's not producing for us. You said something that I just I just made a PSA, uh, an Emilio's mic check, talking about this same thing because as we was, you know, before we got on the air, we was talking about this, you know, I was telling you how earlier I had, you know, an interview that was lined up and then they wanted to reschedule because mm -hmm. they didn't like the way I was going to format the particular episode. I mean, the particular uh, interview, they wanted one thing, but I told them this is how it was going to be done, but they they wasn't appreciative for that. So, like, I just made a whole spill talking about how I hate it when I feel like my time is being wasted. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like, man, like, that... That right time there, just, is more valuable than money. Money exactly. can be replaced. We can't get back time. And that's the same thing I was saying. I'm like, yo, like you can get money, like you can rub a quarter together and get two nickels or however you the saying goes or whatever the case may be. You can make a dollar. That's no problem. But once you spend that dollar, you can always go out and get another one. Once you spend that time and that time passes and it's gone, that's never coming back. You right. know what I'm saying? So like I I really value my time, huh? Exactly. You got to. You got to value your time. You got to see your time is valuable. And if you don't respect it, other people won't respect it. You know, I, I have a home baking business. And, you know, a lot of people who, you know, a lot of people used to say, oh, get on Facebook, promote on Facebook. You know, our money is not good money. That's true. You know, and, and, and a lot of people like the bragging rights to being able to say, the most time in my life I made money on baking from home. I was uh, baked one Thanksgiving, and I made like uh, probably about eight, nine hundred dollars in two days. It was the worst experience I've ever had in my life. You know, one person might look back on that and say, "Wow, well, if you could make, you know, start doing the math, nine hundred every two days, but you know, with baking business, nine hundred dollars worth of business ain't gonna come every weekend. I mean, it's easy to do Thanksgiving." 
but everybody ain't needing that many cases of five every weekend. So you're not going to make that every two days. That's the first myth we need to let go of. And secondly, we need to understand that just because you was able to make $900, if I'm real about it, I could brag about the $900. I could be real about the fact that I had a horrible Thanksgiving. I ended up catching the flu after that because I was too tired. You know what I'm saying? Just so many things, and it just ended up not being worth it. Mm-hmm. So now I have rules and regulations and cutoffs. It used to be hard for me because people would call me big and big and big and please just make one more. Can you just take one more for contact? And I've already set my rules. And then I understood why it was written that you let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Yeah. And a lot of times it's easier said than done. You know what I'm saying? Because people want to leverage your relationship on you doing good business. That's true. But even though it's hard to see those people walk away, as it's going to be some hard to see some people fall off, only the people that are strong are going to be the ones that survive. That's true. And, I was, and you know what? Uh-huh. Yeah, go ahead. I'm I was going to say, I was really like conflicted with the thought about putting you know, that, that, that mic check out there because it was like, you know what? What I was saying, like, I was going in, like, I was pissed off because I'm like, yo, just I just worked 24 hours straight. The night before, mm-hmm. get off in the morning, come home, you know, take a little two-hour nap, get up and try to prepare myself to do this interview that this person had requested. And then to turn around and this person right at the last minute before we get ready to sit down and get this thing done to, uh, I want to reschedule because this, that, and the third. See, first and foremost, like, understand that this is not just a, a hobby. I don't roll out of bed like, yeah, I'm going to get up this morning. I'm going to try to see if I can get some people on my show this, that, and the third. I'm not a hobbyist when it comes to this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do this seriously. You know what I'm saying? So, like, to me, that's a blatant sign of disrespect. If you can just, like, never mind his, his, his time or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, if, if, if it don't suit, suit me, then we just not going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, at right. the end of the day, like, I guess I got to start showing my fangs a little bit more when it comes to things like that because people seem to not understand that this ain't a joke. You know, a lot goes into right. this. You know, a lot of timing, a lot of planning, a lot of scheduling, a lot of money. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's a lot that goes into it. So, like, when things like that happen, it's like it's an easy trigger for me to get pissed off. Right? And we have to be honest about the fact that, you know what, if the negative people fall off, that was the best thing that could have ever happened oh, to yeah. us. Because it could have been something bigger that was in, in jeopardy, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. of this person and any lack of respect. The people that you show you respect that you got going on, either they're going to fall off. You know, I was looking over some old posts because now I've been looking as I do my Throwback Thursday, Thursday posts. I try to look for old pictures and stuff, and it's kind of nostalgic because it's a trip how today, you know what I mean? I honestly have, like, more fans than I had back then. But I've been so busy going forward and just focusing on supporting the people. Like, me and you formed a relationship online, but we're loyal to supporting each other. And with that being said, there are some people that fell off that I didn't even notice they fell off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that's what'll happen when you make your mind up that you're going to be serious about what it is that you're doing. I don't remember any bad blood being between me and those people. They just fell off. Right. But you know what? They fell off and you was right there. And so now you you like, share, post, retweet. You know what I'm saying? They're right. gone. You're here. It's always going to be somebody. So sometimes it's easier said than done because another thing I see a lot of people getting hung up on, they feel like that they got to try to be repaid for whatever they did for another person. Oh, person right. 
when that is the that is the biggest deceiving thing that the enemy ever did simply because if that person had to come to you in the first place they don't even have your reward mm -hmm. instead of sticking around them and wasting like we were talking about precious time for them to pay you back look forward to the fact that if you know you put good out there and somebody gave you dirty in return that you're going to get double when it comes back oh, yeah. in the right way you know what I'm saying yeah. but but it's, it's easier said than done because a lot of times we want that type of right here right now redemption yeah. but that that's the trick that ended up setting us back because that's all the people were set, set for in the first place Yeah, you know it's about figuring and letting them figure it out and then hey if you come back around and you prove yourself worthy of being in my life and you show that you're not trying to jeopardize what I have built then you can be around yeah. otherwise I wish you well go back to your other corner of the world exactly that's you know? I mean, that's a good way to look at it because at the end of the day like life <laughs> goes on you know what I'm saying so yeah. you can't sit there and mope about uh relationship that may have soured or a situation that may have like not worked out in your favor you know life goes on so you gotta take that and just use that as fuel to go forward and just use that as a lesson just to learn like all right like this happened so now i know how to not put myself back in that situation to feel this kind of hurt or this kind of disappointment again right and also looking forward to the good things that come because truth be told you know what i'm saying you and i we don't talk every day but may I tell you something, the stuff that I have gained just from talking to you and those few minutes that you was just like, hey, Mecca, I'm at work, but give me a minute, I'm going to step outside and help you. Like, that's mm -hmm. more than people I've been knowing since elementary school have stepped out to do for me. Mm -hmm. But since I did right by them, God let you be a ram in the bush for me. They thought that they had left me high and dry, but you were right there right. with more information, more wisdom. And me and you had the same mixer and you didn't even know it. You know, <laughs> know what I'm right? saying? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you showed me the picture. I'm like, hold on, I got that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, hold on. That, Let me that, step outside. That, I got you. Of, <laughs> right. That's the kind of favor that'll come when you have the courage to let go of the things that are not producing. Yeah, that's true. You you know, everything, I ain't even have to show you nothing. You didn't have to look nothing up. I sent you that picture. You was like, oh, I got this. I, I, that's the same mixture I got. Yeah. Turn this, turn that. And that's why the world is able to hear me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't touch none of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, I always like helping you, you know what I mean? Because like when I listen to your show and everything, I've always told you, like, you got that perfect radio voice. Like anybody that ever like listened to Miss Mecca's take, you know, when her show airs and everything, you know she got that voice, you know what I mean? And definitely her mm -hmm. uh, like her content what she talk about is definitely good material. So like, you know, I like me, it was my pleasure like to be able to help you because I seen the potential that you have in your platform and also like the general the, the genuine person that you are. Like it was easy for me to help you and not feel some way about it. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate that so much. And I hope you know that the gratitude was monumental because so many times I didn't know which way I was gonna go, what I was gonna do. I just knew I had I wanted to do it I always tell people I feel like you remember Kush on Jerry Maguire yeah I just want to play football do we not? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to play football so you a Texas girl so you know football is the big thing down there yeah. <laughs> but you know I'm saying that is that I just want to pull up to the mic 
Yeah. You know, like Chris just wanted to play football. I just want to pull up to the bike. What yeah. do I need to do, man? Let my dad and them discuss how I let oh, yeah, solid oh. <laughs> See, us, like, being that we're both personalities and we both have our own platforms, respectively, like, I can understand that passion that you have and that, that hunger to get back behind the microphone because it's like, once you hear, like, it's like, I don't know, it's like, this is like your soapbox or your... Yeah, your platform to just you know be yourself. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. I know the feeling. I definitely know. The yeah, feeling. it's a good thing, and I I appreciate your show so much. I'm I'm telling you, I don't know if there's going to be a restaurant bigger than Mr. Child. It's the time when you and I meet up for dinner, uh-huh. but we will be dining in a fancy place, looking out at the world, talking <laughs> about this interview. Me and you, yeah. we're gonna do that, and we're gonna snap a picture for the world, oh, yeah, so definitely. everybody can be inspired to hold on. <laughs> definitely, we keep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, this is definitely not going to be the last time I have you on this platform. Like, I definitely enjoy the conversation. I know, like, I had like in mind, like, what was going to like. Know, certain questions and stuff I was going to ask you was like sometimes some situations just call for I ain't going to say drastic measures but sometimes it's just it's, it's good to just let go and just like to let the steering wheel take control on its own you know what I'm saying so like yeah. that's why I kind of feel like this you know particular installment between the two of you between the two of us was able to do tonight you know and I'm, I'm happy about it uh, I am too I'm so happy and I'm so grateful um, that you allowed me to be a part of this awesome platform because like I said I have enjoyed everybody I can't remember all the names but every time I hear you interact with people it just blesses my heart because it helps me to understand that I'm actually lining up with those things that I desire and that's just to have relationships with good people and I mean it's been a testament to how I see you interact and how I see you support it don't even matter if you don't get that back you're still putting it out there and I just want to encourage you brother that it's coming back to you all of your hard work all of your loyalty to all the things that you do it is not in vain there's people out there that truly want to see you get everything that you deserve that are rooting for you and thanks be to God he didn't say it had to be a hundred he said it only had to be two Mm. so I am in agreement with you for your very best of everything and I just come into agreement with me you know what I'm saying we're going to celebrate forever because you and I have been through a lot of things. You have been a good friend, a confidant to me at times when I really needed to really needed it. And I and I appreciate, you know what I'm saying? Just your loyalty, your confidentiality, your even honest opinion about what I had to say. Don't ever feel like, you know what I'm saying, that you are not among the people that are really, really essential to this world and this generation with what you're doing. I just want you to remember that every time when you get ready to do it. I truly appreciate that. Do. Thank you so much. And you know what? You know, we going this is just to put it into a you know, put it into play right now. We're gonna plant that seed. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna <laughs> get together and go pop seed. that bottle, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, P. Diddy gonna be on the other side of the room saying, Who is that? Who are they? Yeah, who are they? What is P. Diddy drinking? Send yeah. something on us. Send something on us by radio show. He's gonna be like, What is going on? Yeah, got you tonight. <laughs> yeah, but man, thank you. Thank you so much again. I so appreciate this opportunity, you know, and I appreciate your professionalism too because, you know, I am a, not only a Southern girl, but also a radio personality myself. So with that being said, I know I got a motor map. I'm used to being by myself, but I appreciate nice. our dialogue, our exchange. I appreciate it so much. We, all, really we always, when we talk, 
even off record, you know what I'm saying, we always have real good conversations. So it was it was fun to introduce the world to our dialogue, the way we actually talk. Cause like for those of y'all out there that are listening, like this is the way we really carry on with conversations. Like sometimes we talk about deeper things than what we spoke about tonight. But you know, this is basically us in a nutshell. Like this is the way we interact with one another. And when we interact with another, it's nothing but peace, love, and talking in prosperity to one and one another, and just you know, keeping each other encouraged. You know what I'm saying? So that's us, and that's us. And I'm so grateful. Thank y'all so much to everybody. No doubt. So you know, before you get out of here, you know, uh, definitely let the people know. How they can hear your show You know How they can get in contact with you Because I'm pretty sure now You're going to have a lot of people That's going to want to be interviewed by you so. Oh I hope so And I'd be, I'd be my pleasure to, inter- uh, to have their support And to interview them But uh, my show is actually Miss Method's Take And currently I'm broadcasting on Only on Street Madness Radio um, On Tuesdays and Thursdays From 2 o'clock p.m. Well it's 3 o'clock p.m. Until 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time I'm in Texas on Central Standard Time So it's 2 to 4 here For anybody that is in this time zone But also every episode Is also re-aired at my website M-Life Radio It's M-L-Y-F-E Radio.com You can see the latest episode is always going to be on the homepage And all of my past episodes Are going to be on the episodes tab And a little bit of information about me My social media handles So it's really good if people it's a lot easier to remember at Miss Method's Take is usually where you're able to find me, but mliferadio.com will have all my access, email, and everything. And thank you so much for everybody who is listening right now and who, who will hit me up. You know, I'm, I'm excited about supporting you as well as we, you know, achieve our dreams together. Absolutely. And I'm definitely encouraging everybody out there who's listening right now. If you got time on Tuesdays and Thursdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, please make sure you log in to Street Madness Radio and take a listen to Miss Mecca's take. Cause trust me, you would definitely love it. You know what I'm saying? You would definitely oh, love thank you. The, the content. You would definitely love just the overall vibe and the feel of the show. So definitely, definitely get out there and show that support. You know what I mean? Thank you so much. You're absolutely I welcome, man. Mecca, thank you so much. And hold on for just a second before we get up out of here. Everybody, make sure y'all check us out on YouTube. We got the EJP Entertainment page out there now, so you can definitely hit the subscribe button and smash the bell, so that way you can know when the notifications is up when we got new content out there. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Nonstop Radio 212. And my personal Twitter page at the Emilio Wackball to stay up to date with the latest news and highlights from your favorite hip hop shows, favorite hip hop show. And check out past and present episodes of the Nonstop Radio Show available now on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash nonstop dash radio dash show. It's your boy Emilio Wackball. We signing off for the evening. And until next time, y'all all be safe out there, y'all. Want to be heard on the Nonstop Radio Show? Send us your submissions in MP3 format at Let's Network Musically 212 at gmail.com. This is Nonstop.